Awesomeness is about to happen. Welcome back. I'm Hank Strange, live from the Big Daddy Gun studio. Tonight, we are talking to Dimitri of Primary Arms. This dude right here, let me show you him right there. Look at that. That is gorgeous, beautiful man. I, I refer to him as the Greek god of optics. Should I talk with an accent or what? No. Hey, if can you do a Greek accent? No. I don't know, man. No. Yeah. yeah don't, you know, can you do any kind of accent? Can you do a Jamaican accent? I can imitate Robski. Oh, Robski. Oh, yeah, I bet you can. <laughs> I bet you he loves that. So we're going to we're going to talk to Dimitri about optics and uh, guns sniper rifles, all kinds of things. I invite you guys to hit us up with your questions in the chat, you know, um, social media, anything, whatever, whatever you can reach to get to us. Also, we'll talk about some current events and all that kind of stuff, whatever comes up. Dimitri, Lola is reminding me that first I need to have you explain to the people out there who you are and uh, what your background is here. My background? Um... Well, I mean, I started off with a BB gun like everybody else and uh, got it taken away from law enforcement several times. So kind of became obsessed with guns after that. And, uh, you know, at a, from a pretty, pretty early age, I started shooting. I got into reloading. Um, a lot of ground squirrel hunting, shooting further out and uh, having really good data was crucial. Uh, I never served in the military or anything like that, but, uh, you know, I grew up with some, some pretty serious dudes and picked their brain and, uh, spent about the last 20 years in and out of mixed martial arts. And that kind of, uh, I kind of credit that to my designing process, uh, kind of keeping the same principles when designing these reticles and, um, uh, just, just years and years of shooting. I mean, I, I literally shoot almost every day at this point. So, and you're you're a big long distance shooter, right? Or do you just do all kinds of shooting every day? Uh, I do all kinds. Uh, as far as my personal long range, it's kind of fell off because it's a lot of time of uh, reloading and getting your load just right, and uh, getting all your dope and just just tracking everything and. Uh, you know, testing all these optics and developing stuff. I just don't have the time to do that anymore. Okay. So, so how, what I do a lot of is unknown distance shooting, but yeah, go ahead. Well, what I was going to ask you is, so you have this uh, martial arts background. Where'd you grow up in? Uh, you're, you're in Vegas nowadays, right? In the Nevada area. Yeah, I grew up in the Long Beach area okay. for a while. And then um, Oceanside, 29 Palms. Okay. Um, all of Southern California. Just the LBC, popular. huh? Okay. Yeah, me and Snoop. Right. So you didn't go into the military. Um, how'd you get into optics? I mean, how'd you get? Because you're just so if folks don't know out there, you design the reticles and things like that for primary arms, right? Right. Okay. Um, how'd you get into that? Um, the way I met up with primary arms initially... Um, I had created a, a reticle system that the, you know, the ACSS, the original, the, the standard ACSS. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I designed it with feedback from a lot of my friends that were overseas and saw a lot of action, a lot of sniper instructor, master sniper instructor feedback, and um, kind of went around and, you know, try to ask everybody from Trijicon to uh, everybody in the industry, basically, to, to, to pick up the reticle. I would go to SHOT Show and, and, you know, pitch this thing. The problem was is very often you're not talking to the right person that makes the decision. So it kind of went nowhere until uh, Marshall from Primary Arms, which is the CEO, saw it. And, you know, he shoots. So he realized exactly what that was. And, you know, the the rest is uh, history, as they say, I guess. Right. So just explain to us uh, what ACSS is for people who don't know about it. Well, initially, it was known as the Advanced Combat Sighting System. It was designed for, uh, you know, because in, in any kind of combative situation, uh, what what troops and Marines face is uh, all of a sudden they come under fire, and you have to return fire, and it, it's at an unknown distance. So you have to be able to range estimate your target, and uh, there's no time to run ballistic data or, or kestrels or any of that stuff. So you, we had to create a, a, a way to quickly range and engage your targets. Um, you know, they're using the RCO system, which is very limited. It only ranges center mass. It doesn't have any kind of wind marks or leads. So it was a system designed to improve the first hit ratio, unknown distance. And that's kind of the big thing is unknown distance. When you shoot at a known distance, you can dope out your gun. You can, uh, you know, get your dial in and get everything just right. But when right. the target presents unknown distance, all of a sudden you have to be able to range that target and, and, and get right on it, you know, data free, battery free, without a range finder. Um, we're, we're getting on target within 600 yards under five seconds. So a guy holding a laser range finder is unarmed at that point. You have to be ready to shoot and you have to be able to range and engage quickly. That's the name of the game. It's how the Russians, the Russians really had an edge on us during the Cold War with their SVD and PSO-1, uh, the reticle system. And that's really the father of all this stuff. You know, um, I, I can't take credit for everything. I mean, my, my, a lot of my friends inputted, and there's a lot of prior technology that kind of led up to this. Okay. So. so is this the only thing that you design, or do you do other design in the gun world or just in general? Oh, no, I, I've designed... Um, you know, all, all the family of ACSS that ranges from the R grid to the HUD to the uh, Orion. So the, the complete family of reticles. Um, and as you know, Trijicon is, is, is using a couple now um, to the Stars Flash Hider that you had on your video. Right. That was pretty cool. Different uh, AK mounts. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't hit the market yet. That's kind yeah. of just been. Right. You also, I haven't, I haven't put anything up there. I need to, I'm, I'm like way behind on everything, but you also came up with a way to get a bolt hold open on an AK. Right, right. That too. The weapon tech bolt hold open followers. Mm -hmm. um, as you guys know, on an AK, when you fire the last round, it doesn't keep the bolt open. It clicks. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not really a pro you know, problem if you're just shooting paper at the range, but, uh, if you're shooting in a combative situation, uh, you know, people say, oh, I count my rounds. Um, <laughs> you're not going to in a situation like yeah, good that. Good luck with that. 
Yeah. So, yeah. and very often people will shoot some rounds, put another mag in a fresh mag, but you know, in, in any kind of, uh, uh, multiple attacker situation you're going to go through those mags and it basically lets you know like an ar when it jerks up and to the right you, you feel that and you know to reach for a fresh mag mm -hmm. now it doesn't it doesn't keep the bolt open once you take the mag out it doesn't turn your ak into an ar yeah but it notifies you it's time to reload and you're not running around with an empty chamber yeah uh, you know think you're good to go yeah, I mean, this is this is probably a little bit controversial, right? I mean, one with the AK, but but I think even with other guns, there's um, there's people like, oh, well, why do you need you know bolt hold open or you know lock back was what I call it, but I guess you know you got to be specific. So yeah. people think, why do you need that? But it's an indicator that helps. Right. If your AR started doing that, you'd be pissed. Right. Yeah, I mean, in this like so, you know how guys are doing. I don't know if you've done this yet, but guys are doing the um, the nine millimeter on an AR platform. So uh, you know, nine millimeter carbines basically, you know, built from an AR lower that takes Glock magazines and things like that. I think specifically uh, with the Glock magazine, it's really hard for them to figure out the whole lockback or bolt hold open situation. Oh, it doesn't keep it open, no. Um, you know, some people promise it's going to do it. It doesn't really do it. And then when I, I find that when I talk to people, instead of, you know, I guess they're having a tough time figuring this out. So instead of figuring it out, they're like, oh, what you need that for anyway? Well, a couple of reasons. And what I tell people is set up multiple targets and run around and try shooting at them and watch what happens. Mm -hmm. So here's what happened to me, right? I would shoot, shoot, shoot. I'd run up to a target, pick up the rifle, go to him, and then I'd hear a click. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a problem, but really, uh, another big problem is you have, uh, I had bought this new AK and I'm telling my friend Gunny and Gunny was, uh, he's a vet and very, uh, very into gun safety. So I tell him, Hey, I got this new AK. It's in my trunk. Want to check it out? It's like, Oh yeah, sure. Show it to me. Before I came out over, over to his house, I was out shooting and, uh, Running late, I fired, heard the click, never pulled the chamber back and checked. I kind of just threw it in my bag and took off. Mm -hmm. So he tells me, is this weapon clear? I said, oh, yeah. He goes, well, pull the bolt back. I pulled the bolt back out, came around. Wow. And what happened was the primer was struck, but it didn't fire. It was a failure to to fire there. So that's a, that's another thing it does is if, if the bolt's not open, you know, you know there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, man. Um, there's lots of things with an AK. When when I do AK videos, I get questions. People always ask me why am I, you know, uh, racking. You know, why am I racking it all the time, right? Why am I pulling the bolt back? And because if I'm shooting, I'll take out the magazine, you know, pull that bolt a couple of times, and it's for that reason, man. And you know, if you do, if you shoot long enough, you'll get into situations, unfortunately, where you'll see accidental discharges so that's happened around me i've seen it and one went into the ground like inches away from my foot <laughs> and that's that's the reason <laughs> you right. know I mean, the um, Yugoslavians were the first to do it and they you know they did it for a reason that very reason the new uh russian uh, what is that the ak-12 the new the new ak is coming out mm -hmm. they have a magazine i mean that's they're going to okay that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Okay, so let me hit up. There's a couple of questions coming in already. Let me hit these up. Um, someone wants to know, do you make a 6 to 25 with uh, Horace-style reticle? No. The um, I guess we got some other questions about the longest distance reticles or optics, excuse me, that you guys have. Uh, for the longest, I would say the 6 by 30. Okay. Yeah, I got, got a gun back here with one. Yeah, it's good. We always like to see guns. That's this bad boy here. Okay. Oh, I think I shot this out in the desert with you, right? This yeah, gun looks familiar. You did. Yeah. Right. So this was, I think, a, I don't know when that was, man. Probably like two years ago. That was like a an, an optic that was about to come out. I'm guessing it's out already. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, you, you shot well that day, man. That was... I was impressed. Uh, you know, thanks, man. Uh, you know, you were probably tired, so you didn't notice how horrible I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cold. It was really cold and ridiculously windy yeah. in the desert. Hank stole but, Lola's jacket, everybody, because he was cold. Yeah, yeah. She she didn't <laughs> need it. I needed it. <laughs> yeah, reverse chivalry. <laughs> well, you got to wrap me out. <laughs> You know, I get cold. So, okay. So the Horace reticle, the Horace star reticle, do you know what that is? Yeah, they're, they're talking to probably about the R grid. Um, the R grid has actually uh, getting an upgrade. It's going to come out a lot better and more capable than it was before. There's going to be a bunch of grids coming out here in the future that are going to be uh, uh, pretty nice. And in, in our simulations, they're, uh, a lot of the stuff I've designed with feedback from friends of mine that either compete or are instructors. Uh, almost half the industry has really uh, helped on the R&D portion of it. Uh, Robski helped a lot. Uh, his friend Dan Griffin. Uh, my friend Mike. Uh, yeah. Is that Guns and Gear? Mr. Guns and Gear. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of people I would name off and nobody would really know who they are. But Yeah, Rob Ski's from AK Operators Union. Right. Yeah. So so the Horace reticle is a little bit more complicated than the ACSS, I'm guessing. Yeah, the, the, the thing with the Horace and um, that grid-style reticle has been around with the Russian military for a long time. Uh, it's been in tanks. It's been uh, – a grid like that is not new everywhere else but here. Okay. So it, um, in my humble opinion, it's, it's kind of complicated and hard to navigate, especially under a stressful situation. It's, uh, like if you look at the R grid, it's, it, everything is correlated. So you can look up and go, you know, 10 mils down, two left, and you'll have a two above it or mm -hmm. a four, or four. So it's very easy to navigate that grid. Yeah. Um, and it's got built in auto ranging. I think that's crucial for any combative situation. Uh, sitting here and doing math in the middle of a, a stressful situation like that is not ideal. So this stuff is, has everything pre-ranged in it. Okay. So you guys, um, are you guys the first people to really um, add this level of tech into optics? Because especially in, on, you know, because primary arms is primarily a like budget optic, right? Right, right. So, so we weren't seeing like these kinds of options in, in the price category for a long time. 
Yeah, I started with the company about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, the first project was the ACSS. And then after that, you know, other reticles followed, the HUD. Um, and then eventually we got down to long to extreme long range. We, we kind of did it in, in um, uh, different bands of fire, if you will. So CQB to medium range. Uh, medium range to long range and then got to long range and then extreme long range so they they started to come out later on i believe the r grid came out what three years ago i believe okay Something. okay um i see uh hawkeye says he uses uzi mags i guess he's when we were talking about the um the nine millimeter there are i mean i think that's just a lot easier to uh you know guys go with the cult mags and and all those those different kinds if you want the lock back. I think people want that with uh, with the Glock mags because a lot of us have Glocks, right? Right. A collection of the magazines for that. So we're, that's that's why people are looking for that option because you just have a bunch of them, you know, and then yeah. you, could, you could switch them into your different guns. You're a Glock guy also, right? Yeah, I'm married to my Glock. That thing is always with me. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not necessarily a Glock guy. I'm a I'm a guy that kind of sticks with what works. Okay. The, uh, you know, I I started shooting Glock, geez, like 15 years ago, maybe longer. Okay. So do you uh, do you get any? Do you have any handguns other than Glock? Do you, you, do you have I, like 1911s or anything like that? Or are you just you know? No, I, I have a little 22 for the kids. Mm-hmm. Ruger, something like that, but everything is Glock. I mean, yeah, Glock 26, 19, 17s, 21. Yeah, it's all Glock. Yeah, okay. And you, do you do a lot of mods to your Glocks, or you just keep them standard as they come from the factory? No, the only thing I do is put night sights on them, and uh, there's a disconnector by Glock that gives you a little bit of a, a, a softer press on the trigger. Okay. But not a ghost trigger or anything like that, but it, it's by Glock. I don't, I don't modify them in any way, mm-hmm. you know, just my sights. Okay. All right. So someone, uh, let's see. Okay. Let's, I'm going to hit up a couple of questions here. Is there a scout type ACSS scope good for, uh, 9130 Mosin the Gaunt? Uh, no, we don't make anything that has that long of an eye relief like that. Um, What would be the best optic you guys have for something like that? There really isn't a, a, a solution to something like that. Uh, like most guys that run like those uh, scout squads or the SOCOMs M1A, mm-hmm. I, I recommend our little micro dot. The ACSS micro dot is perfect for those. Mm-hmm. But uh, on a Mossin, I guess you could do that. I just think it would look kind of funny, you know, a little mm-hmm. micro dot on a Mossin that gone. <laughs> hey, you never know. So. So, um, I've yeah. seen some, I've seen some crazy, uh, you know, most in the gods, man, I'm telling you, yeah. uh, Eric from Iraq veteran has like what he calls little study. Right. Yeah. That thing is fun. It looks crazy. And you think, oh, this is, this is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be nice or anything, but it really is nice. Oh, you've so, shot that, that green thing. It's like all green, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've shot it. It yeah. was fun. I, I saw him somewhere. I'm trying to, I can't remember where, and he had it and he let me shoot it. And it was actually, I think I need one of those in my life. So I actually, uh, I, I met, I talked to his wife the other day. Oh, okay. Uh, for, yeah. Cool. She's really nice. 
yeah, the whole rock veteran crew, very cool people that, you know, they've always looked out for us. So let's see. Okay. Someone wants to know why you don't make a Forex. And then, and then someone else, I guess, who maybe just came in wants to know what is ACSS. So maybe we can revisit that real quick. Sure. Uh, as far as the Forex, we had a Forex for a while and it was a great optic. I, I thought it was great. And, um, I think we actually brought them back like blem, like blem ones. And when we sell stuff blem, most of the time people don't even know what's wrong with it. It's like a little scratch here. It, it, it's so minor. You wouldn't even know, but, uh, there is a Forex that is in the works that will be coming. Okay, but cool. Basically the five X and the three X, these things here, right. End up, uh, you know, kind of, I'm sorry, this is the two and a half. Mm -hmm. They ended up, you know, kind of taking its place. Right. So these have the ACSS reticle? Right. Okay. And then ACSS initially was advanced combat sighting system. Uh, primary arms felt like it was a bit too edgy on the name. So they, they changed it to advanced combined sighting system. Mm -hmm. And it's basically combining a, a bullet drop compensation with range estimation. So you got like a ranging bracket that can range estimate and uh, wind dots off to the sides because that's very important. You guys, there's always wind. Anybody that shoots further out, especially five, five, six, the, the bullet coefficient, the ballistic coefficient on that is so small. It's like a 0.3. So it, it gets pushed around in, in wind. Uh, you need those dots. Yeah, but I notice on your rifles, you've always got some kind of string. I don't know right. what it is, if you've got like a special weight or something like that, but you've always got something that indicates the direction the wind's going, right? Right. Well, here, here's why. On a, on a high magnification optic, what you do is you go out of focus and then you start to see the mirage. And if you see the mirage getting pushed off to the left, that's basically your wind. You know your, your wind is pushing left. And you can kind of read the um, frequency of the mirage and get your miles per hour. Okay. Uh, when you look through a four power optic or a three power optic or even a six power optic, very often you don't see mirage. It, 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 it's not enough magnification. Yeah, it's not far. You're not looking far enough. Right. So with this thing, as the wind blows to the left in the direction, I know like this is a five mile an hour wind, this is a 10 mile an hour wind. So I, I get a rough estimate on wind velocity and direction, and then I, I, you know, I can, I can shoot, holding on the wind dots accordingly. So what is that? What is, what is that you're using there? Is that a special weight, or is that a special weight of string, or what is that you're using? No, it's just some uh, medium. Like we thought about making a product out of this thing, mm -hmm. but it, it's so easy to make it yourself that it's not really worth it. You go to Walmart and you just grab some yarn. You know, not the, not the thickest yarn and not the thinnest, just a medium weight yarn and cut about three inches, have about three inches hanging off, then you're good to go. Um, you can, you can, if you know your wind conditions, you can look at it and know and kind of learn, hey, at, at five miles an hour, it's here, at 10, it's there. So once you figure that out, mm -hmm. you're good to go with it. Yeah. And people will argue, you know, the biggest argument I get is, well, the wind at your location is not the wind down there. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's true, but very often the wind here is the wind there. It generally it blows to one direction. 
you do get crosswinds. Uh, the wind at your location, believe it or not, affects the shot more than at the target area. And here, what I mean by that is, obviously, at the target area, the bullet has lost more energy. It will get pushed over further. Mm -hmm. But where you're at, it starts to multiply. It's like a minute of angle. So if it starts to push it a little where you're at, when it gets down there, it's going to be way off to the right. Right. So you're, you're, the area at your, the wind at your area is crucial. Okay. Um, this is, so let me let me hit up this question real quick. I think it's from Fifty Stitches Steel. He wants to know what's your favorite long range caliber. Uh, I'd have to say three three eight Lapua, Lapua Magnum. Okay. Favorite. Uh, very high BC, and uh, it just cuts the wind well. It's pretty flat shooting. Right. Uh, BC uh, I know is ballistic uh, coefficient, right? Right. Remember, some of us are dummies. This is like the for dummies version. <laughs> uh, what that means is it, it it cuts through the wind like it's it's aerodynamically uh, uh, better than other rounds. So it, it's got a flatter trajectory, and as the wind starts to blow, uh, if you have a high BC, let's say you would get pushed this much with a three three eight, with a three oh eight, you would end up you know off the screen. It would it would push it over so much more. Okay. So it allows room for error. So do you what do you have a rifle built for that? I do, but I'd have to break it out of the safe. I think there's a the picture of you holding it, that uh, camouflaged one. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll have to check into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I should have broke it out. Right. Okay. So, so um, I think this is from Real Cujo. Um, he wants to know. Is that real Cujo? Yeah, real Cujo wants to know, are there plans to put more than a red dot on reflex sites, maybe a triangle or a ghost ring or something like that? Uh, since, you know, this would be in, in your field. If we do something like that at this point, it would come out through Trigicon. Okay. Um, there's nothing really on our end that uh, all our projects take a long time because they go through a lot of testing. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to make sure that they work. Yeah. Now we've had a, a we've, we've been trying to get just a single dot out. So. Okay. I mean, so what would happen there? So if you, if you have something like that, it's going to be with Trigicon. So we're going to be looking at a, like a completely different price category. Right. Right. Obviously. So. And I think, um, you know, that's the thing. I think that's what people like about the primary arms optics is that you're, it's a good, you know, value for money optic. So right. folks are looking to see, you know, what can they get out of that? But you're saying it would just take you guys time to develop that? Yeah, it would take a while to do that. Um, typically, any project that from start to finish takes anywhere from a year and a half to two years. Oh, wow. Okay. So how does that, yeah, how does that whole development process look? And then like most of this stuff is uh, manufactured in China, right? No. Well, most of it, some of my, some of it is in China. Some is in Japan. Okay. And uh, obviously the Trigicon stuff is all made here. Right. Okay. And for those that don't know, uh, I've designed a couple of reticles that are in Trigicon. And the, the TA-31, this one here. And, uh, very cool. 
the new one to come. Is this thing here? It's on your Tavor. It's the yeah TA44. This is a one and a half power, and uh, this is this is my go-to gun. This is this has become pretty much my favorite optic at this point. Is that kind of like a micro ACOG looking? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It, it's really really small, very compact, very light, mm -hmm. and uh, it's only one and a half power. And when, when is that going to be released? Uh, it should be. It should be pretty soon. We got our first batch back, and uh, the laser uh, printing, like the logos and stuff on the scope, won't, it, there was a whole bunch that didn't have that on there. So we got part of the shipment with the logos on there, the other part without. So uh, stuff got sent back to to be done right. So it it shouldn't be long. I'd say a couple weeks or so. Okay. Okay. Cool. So with the um, with the opti with the primary arm stuff, what kind of um, what kind of warranties do you guys have on that? Just for people who don't know, like how the warranty goes. I know that's a question I get a lot from people. Versus other right. stuff that's out there, right? Right. Well, it, it used to be two or three years, but as as anybody knows, if you contact us even past that, we honor it. And, you know, we take care of people. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing, like with some guys, um, you know, I get this question a lot, like when I'm in uh, gun stores or people are just asking me about which optics to get. And then they say, you know, I don't know if we could mention Vortex, but I guess whatever. <laughs> We're mentioning it. Oh, yeah. So, fine. you know, Vortex, uh, Vortex throws out that like, you know, that forever warranty. And so right. people get it for that reason. Right. And we, we started adding that our, our one by six Gen 3 that's come out has a lifetime warranty to it. Um, our Halo Sun, we do a, a partnership with Halo Sun and a micro dot comes with a lifetime warranty. Right. All our platinum, all our platinum stuff comes with the uh, with a, a warranty. OK, cool. So just so you can see this, I'm going to show you this real quick. You're talking about the Halo Sun. So there you go. So that's the red dot with the um, ACSS, and I have this here on. This isn't. This is a uh, RDB from Caltech. So we have the, uh, the Halo Sun with the magnifier on it. Check it out right there. Right. So now, what is the deal with um, with Halo Sun and primary arms? Because we can't get this red dot with ACSS. From primary arms, we have to go to Halo Sun, right? Yeah, it's it's a weird situation because um, the reticle that's in it, I designed the reticle to it. So, you know, and I, it, it's essentially uh, comes from primary arms, but the optic is Halo Sun. Uh, Halo Sun is the OEM for our uh, MDS micro dots. Halo Sun does the red dots for SIG. For a true glow, they do everybody's red dots. They okay. put a different on them, but you're getting a halo sun essentially. Yeah, see, you know, that's something that a lot of people don't know. You know, that that a lot of these things are really made in the same place. They just have different brand names on them, right? Right. Well, ours come to different specs. Um, there's different models of halo sun. The model that we chose and the uh, how it's set is to our standards, which is. Uh, if you you know like, like if you've seen uh, AK Operator Union uh, torture testing and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, they're they're pretty tough. I mean it, it's not a name point, you know don't 
don't mistake it for an aim point or something, but there's different levels of uh, manufacturing, especially overseas. You can get your, uh, you know, Mall Ninja Airsoft stuff that is going to break within a week or two. And uh, then you got kind of mediocre stuff and then you got really good stuff, which is what we, we use. And what makes our stuff really good is the terms. If the factory screws up, they have to pay for it. Okay. So when the factory has to pay for it, all of a sudden your def defect rate goes way down. You get really reliable stuff coming back. Okay. So... Well, so you were explaining about the Halo Sun Red Dot with the ACSS, which you and I shot out in the desert. I think I did like 300 yards and 600 yards with it. Um, right. You know, it's a, it's a really cool, it's a cool optic to put on something. That's why we put it here on the RDB. So how did that wind up happening? You developed it and then, you know, now it's over at Halo Sun, which there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with Halo Sun. So. Yeah, I, I, I developed the reticle to it and, um, you know, in our testing, it's far superior to our sender as a regular dot. No, no question about it. Mm -hmm. uh, PB times are, are the same, but when you get into medium range, uh, especially unknown distance, it, it just there's nothing really that compares to it, especially with the magnifier behind it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great combo with the magnifier. Now, the magnifier is primary arms. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, when we made this reticle, Halo Sun would not release it as a PA optic. They wanted to promote their brand. It was so too cool. It them, yeah, it allowed them to promote their brand uh, with our reticle. At the same time, Primary Arms came back and said, well, if you're going to do that, only we can sell it. So it, it's been this tug of war back and forth. Oh, so it's kind of a trade-off. So you can only get these from Primary Arms, right? Right. Is this online or can you get them in stores? Because I've seen I've seen Halo Sun, I've seen Primary Arms like in Big Daddy Gun Store, but I haven't seen the ACSS, the red dot from Halo Sun so much. Primary Arms had it exclusive to that dot for a while and they wouldn't let dealers carry it. And uh, now they've opened up. So you should be seeing it in like Optic Planet and other big, big uh, chains like that. Okay, cool. So if, if and if there's stores out there that want to carry it, they can just call you guys up and get them in the store. I believe so. You can uh, apply to become a PA dealer, and uh, not only does it give you access to the optics, but a lot of people don't know there's a huge wholesale division for Primary Arms. Uh, we're the number one dealer for Daniel Defense. Uh, we do multiple. Big big names that were number one dealer from I, I can't think offhand and I don't want to hack anybody's name. Yeah, but uh, you guys always have like big sales and things like that going on, selling pretty much everything right. on, on uh, primary arms. So yeah, right. um, so someone wants to know. They're saying that wind is the hardest. Do you have any other tips? Obviously, you've you know you've got that um, you've got the piece of string that we were talking about. Anything else for dealing with wind? Yeah, um, when it comes to long, extreme long range shooting, you have to do wind bracketing. So you basically, uh, let's say we're going to shoot a thousand yards. I would uh, look at 300 yards and focus in on that and, and start to go out of focus and get the wind reading for zero to 300. So let's say I got a five mile an hour wind going left. Then I would go from three to six and going out of focus and start focusing in that area. And I say, I got another, it's still uh, 
say 10 miles an hour there. And then past that, it's a five going the other way. So it's called wind bracketing. There's ballistic software like, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, I think it's called A&E, Advanced Ballistics, that you can enter your bracket readings like that. Okay. Do you do a lot of that stuff when you're out there shooting? I know you go shooting like, what, three, four times a week, right? Or more? Yeah. It, typically, if you're shooting six to 800 yards, which is five, five, six, three oh eight range, uh, you know, some some guys push 308 to 1,000. Everyone's like, oh, 308, 1,000 yards. Shoot 1,000 yards with a 308. That's a tough shot. You really got to watch your wind. Uh, but when you start shooting past that, say 1,000 or 1,000 plus, you get into that into that bracketing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if I'm going to shoot further out, I have to do that. There's no, there's mm-hmm. no way around it. Uh, okay. One of the tips I can give you is, Let's say, let's say I'm the target and uh, you have a, a, a five mile an hour wind and you have a, a, so you could be anywhere from five to eight. It's kind of like fluctuating, you know? And that's another thing you guys too, is people will break out a Kestrel and they'll, they'll take the wind reading and then they'll lay down a shoe. Well, by the time you take the wind reading and lay down a shoe, it's like 30 seconds to a minute have gone by. Mm-hmm. The wind, the wind like patterns have changed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's never going to stay like that. So let's say I had a five to eight mile an hour wind. So if, if five is my minimum and let's say it's blowing this way, I will put the five here on the edge. So if, if the, if my five mile an hour wind uh, guess is right, I'm going to hit right here. But if it's more than that, it gives me plenty of room for mm-hmm. the round to get pushed over and still hit. So you're kind of leading from the edge, right? Right. I kind of I give it some to where I would hit, but then I, I leave room if the wind starts to fluctuate and go beyond that, that it will still hit. Yeah. You that, know, I want to, I want to, because, you know, because of the way that we're doing this, where we're doing this live hangout and having the chat, uh, we really can't show a lot of examples of what Dimitri is talking about, but he has tons of videos on, uh, primary arms YouTube channel, which is just YouTube slash primary arms, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri's got tons of videos on there. He makes it really easy to figure out the optics. If you get something from primary arms, the ACSS, you know, or anything else that they have, he probably has a video up there where he's explaining it in detail and, and showing you uh, visuals and all that kind of good stuff. Do you have any wind, wind stuff on the YouTube channel? Uh, I think I've done a couple of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, cause you're shooting all the time. I think you went shooting today, right? Yeah. I, I'm out there basically. If I don't go out there and shoot, it's like my whole day just goes, you know, yeah. wrong. So. That's your therapy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of how this all, another way this started is, uh, um, you know, I was in a, a, a relationship and had a daughter from it that kind of went south and my escape to it was to shoot. So I started shooting literally every day. Mm-hmm. And from that day now it's been 16 years of just constant shooting mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm self-taught, you know, it's, 
I don't think I don't think um, you know shooting gets enough credit for being something that's therapeutic, calming, that helps you focus. You know, people just think like, oh, these are just bad guys. They just want to yeah. do damage. I mean, it's really something that relaxes you. It forces you to think about what you're doing. There's physics involved here. You can't make you know you can't bend that bullet with your mind or anything. You know, right? Yeah, it keeps me from doing damage. <clears throat> so yeah, so it calms me down. Right. So let me uh, let me hit a couple of things. Um, I think someone wants to know there's a there's a comment here, which I can't really see because it's OK. Here we go. So this is from 803 Salad Shooter. I plan to buy a 300 black slash 762 ACSS, but will only shoot subsonic rounds. What distance do I zero it and what are the uh, BDC increments good for? Uh, you zero at 50 yards. And uh, each increment is 25 yards. So you'll start at 50, then it'll go 75. Uh, the post will be 100. And then each dot that you'll see there will be an additional 25. So all that is in your instructions. Yeah. Uh, Rex Reviews did a good uh, video on that where he took it out and tested it and, and confirmed it's spot on. You know, we spent Rex a lot Reviews. Of time stuff is right. Okay. Yeah. If you, if you guys don't know Rex, uh, it's a whole other level of uh, knowledge. Okay. Is that the most common question that you get about like zeroing? Well, one of the questions I get on this 300 blackout, people go, um, why, why do I, why can't you make it where the supersonics are here and then the, the subsonics are below it? Mm -hmm. Well, cause you're not going to share a, the same zero. Each load will give you a different harmonic signature, a different point of impact. Mm -hmm. So you could you could dial in one ammo and then switch to even the same ammo, different lot number, and you'll get a different point of impact. And you'll have right. to dial it back in. So to go from a supersonic round, and now you put a can in the front of your gun, and now you're going to a complete different load, it, it's not going to go you're going to have to zero it in. There's no way around that. Yeah. I think that's something you explained to me that I didn't think about before you explained it, that it, when you're shooting long distance, the load, and, and so even if you're buying the same ammo, it's not necessarily coming from the same lot. You know, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of things that go into the science of shooting long distance, right? Right. So the way, the way you want to do it is you want to get one giant lot number. So you, if you're going out and you're getting a couple of boxes at a time, you're literally throwing your money away. So you want to get one giant lot number of the same exact lot number. And uh, so when you're, so let's say you're buying 308 or something like that. What are we thought talking a thousand, couple thousand rounds, or just as much as you can with the same lot. And you're going to see that on the box, right? You're better off buying uh, M80 ball, which is like you know one and a half MOA ammo. Okay. compared to some match grade ammo and only get a couple boxes of it. Mm -hmm. So you're better off getting one big giant lot number of M80 and getting consistency throughout your whole dopage. Uh, dopage is, is basically you're figuring out where each one of the, where your bullet will drop at each yardage. Then uh, getting some match grade ammo where you only got like 20 rounds of it or 40 rounds mm -hmm. because whatever data you catch in those 40 rounds, as soon as you run out, it's out the window. Mm -hmm. uh, that the next batch isn't going to line up just right. 
Yeah, this is something that I, I know I didn't think about it. I'm sure there's quite a few people that make that mistake that they think, well, I'll just zero in my gun and then I'll just I I mean, I think people don't even think go get the same ammo every time. And even if you got the same ammo, same brand and all that kind of stuff, you could be getting a different lot number. And then what does that do? That could that could be um, like loaded in, in a completely different or a slightly different way. Right. Oh, yeah. From the. From the powder charge to the crimp to the uh, all guide of the bullet, I mean, there are so many variables. A competitor will get a, a big jug, like an eight-pound jug of powder, a big big lot number of the same primers, same brass, same bullets, weigh them all out. Uh, you, you want consistency. Consistency equals accuracy. And uh, it, it's not only the components. If let's say you're shooting off a bipod, Okay. And the, the ground is nice and soft. And now you went and shot off a heart, a ground that's a little bit harder. Your mm-hmm. point of impact will shift. Mm-hmm. So okay. it, it, it's very important that you set the rifle up exactly the same way. Uh, I, I highly recommend a pack. Like if you have like a bug out bag with a sleeping bag in it, mm-hmm. we use that and uh, uh, put some rice in a bag and loop it and, and make like a sand sock out of it. And that's your mm-hmm. rear bag. Right. But always consistently have the same harmonic signature. As soon as you change that, everything, everything will change. Yeah. And uh, Sh- shooting long distances. Um, it's, it's like you, you know, if you, I guess if you look at movies or whatever, you think, Oh, this is not, you know, this is not such a big deal. And maybe you think it's just the, it's only, factored on the gun that you buy so maybe this would be a good place to give some advice to that guy who does want to shoot long distance or you know put together a sniper rifle how do you how do you think about it what philosophy you know what do you buy how do you put your your whole kit together to do that uh there's there's two ways of doing it and um what long range is to some people isn't necessarily long range to others Uh, you know some guys shoot 200 yards and they're like well that's long range so, yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, you know, so the, the first thing you have to think is really like even how far are you going to be shooting? Right. Or how far are you likely to shoot under your own circumstances? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that you know, that that comes into play. Uh, the easiest way to do it is get yourself like uh, let's say you're going to go into a 308. Uh, if you get yourself like a Remington 700 or a Savage or w- whatever reputable brand. That makes a decent rifle. Uh, instead of you learning, becoming literally a, a ballistic expert and learning and knowing all this crap, uh, you can just go get yourself the HUD DMR or 308 HUD that has that reticle in mm-hmm. it. So I, I've done all that math for you. You don't have to sit here and mess with stuff. Okay. And uh, put it on your gun, get it dialed in at 100, mm-hmm. and then start shooting it further out. Go to three, go to four. And see if you need that one click to bring you back up to line up your trajectory. Uh, my friend Ken from Insane Accuracy entered the Chris Kyle Sniper Comp with the uh, with an AR-10 and our HUD DMR, which is a two hundred and seventy nine dollar optic. Do you have one of those? Uh, I'm looking around to see if I've got one. Um, I probably don't have it here. Do you have one over there? Okay, let's see. Yeah, I have this one on a M1A. Okay. And uh, it's got the HUD DMR reticle, so your BDC, your wind, everything is in here. And it also has uh, mil-mil adjustments, so you can right. dial in a back firing solution 
or hold on the bread or on the mills. On okay. The- so BDC is bullet drop compensation, right? If I'm getting that right. Right. Okay. Yeah. B- BDC is really used for uh, if you want really fast fire on, on center mass. So you're, you're trying to, uh, oh, look, there's a, there's a thread out in this field, unknown distance, and you want to get on it quickly. Uh, as far as an exact firing solution, you have to run ballistic data or you have to have your exact dope. And that's another, that's another controversial thing is people's, they'll run, they'll run, they'll get their dope on a gun, but they don't realize, uh, you know, on a hot day, cold day, that dope really starts to fluctuate. Okay. So you, you either have to run ballistic data or, or, or know your, uh, know your holds in those temperatures. So that, that optic allows you to either be very quick or be very precise. If you take the time and actually punch in all the numbers, you can get real precise. Oh, okay. See, no matter, so no matter what you do, there's, you, you have to understand certain principles to do this, right? Uh, we don't, we don't have a, we don't have a scope <laughs> that just connects to your phone and just sorts everything out and tells you when to pull the trigger. Not yet. We, they do. It's called the, uh, what the hell is that thing called? Track point. Oh, track. Yes. I've seen that at SHOT Show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's I, what we lost, it's what we lost to in that that Chris Kyle sniper comp. But uh, you're talking about Jesus. What does that thing cost? I don't like? know. Thirty grand. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you <laughs> know, good luck with that. Yeah, that's not happening, dude. I'd rather buy a car. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for for, for two hundred and seventy nine bucks and an eight hundred dollar rifle, yeah. you can be very effective with that out to eight hundred yards plus. I mean, it's, but so what do you, so what do you suggest that someone does like, so you're saying now, okay, you go out, you get yourself a Savage or Remington or whatever, you put this reticle on there. What things should you be practicing to, you know, in order to be able to actually use this, should the need arise, should you shoot different conditions? You know, what are the things you suggest people do Just shoot all the time? The, the first thing you need to do is get your fundamentals of marksmanship down, meaning your, your body alignment. Like, here's the rifle, and if you go out to a range and you watch people shoot, the rifle will be here, but their body will be, like, off to the right. It will be, hmm. you know, okay. off somewhere. Okay. So it's very important you line up to the rifle. Uh, it's very important that you use a rear bag. That rear bag really allows you to get that – the, the gun should be almost resting. You shouldn't be muscling the gun. Yeah. The gun should be kind of sitting there. And uh, another thing that's very important is not to be canted. So if, you're, if your crosshairs are here and you're starting to cant and you're holding off on the bottom of the crosshairs here, as you can see, that error starts to mm-hmm. multiply. It's mm-hmm. pendulum. So it's very important that you have a rear bag. It's very important that you're level. Uh, you're breathing. You need to breathe and calm and bring everything down to where your sight picture, you could, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see your heartbeat in the crosshairs. And uh, you want to take your breath and take a deep breath and let it out. Once you let it out and you, you reach your respiratory pause, uh, freeze everything and hold it and start to squeeze. Uh, the hardest part is, is squeezing that trigger. Okay. Uh, you know, I struggle with that. It, it's something that everybody struggles with. And you don't want to just yank that thing. If you yank that, it's kind of like taking a picture. If you went like that to your to your camera, you're going to get a blurry picture. So it's very important you squeeze, 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 and it should pop and almost almost uh, surprise you when it goes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So once you get that down and your groups at 100 yards go from like, say, this big to, you know, a, a nice tight group, uh, range estimation becomes the number one priority. And all the sniper competitions, the number one reason people missed was wrong range estimation. Okay. So what that means is, let's say you think your target is at uh, 400 yards, but it's really at 300 yards, you're going to end up overshooting the target. Okay. You're going to shoot right over it. Mm -hmm. So knowing, figuring out how far away the target is, is, is crucial. That's like number one. So that that's why the, the ACSS stuff has all the ranging stuff in it. People go, oh, you know, it, it's uh, too complicated or cluttered. It's like, no, dude, you, you need that stuff. It's in there because that's what. Well, isn't that? Yeah. I mean, that. I think that comes down to if you really need it. And the, and the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, does everyone need it or how do you how do you evaluate what you need? So how do you figure out which optic you need? Do you just need a red dot? Do you need a little bit more than a red dot? Do you need, a, you know, one to six? Or one to, how do you figure this out? Yeah, it, it depends on your application. Let, let's say you've got a. a I don't know. Let's say you got an AR pistol. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not going to shoot 600 yards with an AR pistol. Okay. An AR pistol is for like home defense or you know zero to 200, zero to 300. So you know dial that thing in with a just a regular red dot at 50 yards, you're good to go. Okay. Uh, in a 14 and a half, 16 inch AR, you're in that uh, in between where you're running and gunning all your CQB stuff. But you have enough barrel and enough capability to reach out to about 800 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of where uh, uh, scopes come in, uh, the, the prism scopes. That That's where that really comes into play. Mm -hmm. And then um, beyond that, you have your DMR or long range, uh, you know, a, a DMR rifle, meaning like, it's not so much a, a precision bolt gun for long range, but say a 20 inch AR or a, a 16 inch AR that you're wanting to reach out a little bit further with. That's when you go into these uh, four by 14s like this M1A. You're not going to CQB with an M1A. Right. <laughs> it's the wrong tool for that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that's kind of the thing is you, you kind of have to figure out what application you're looking to do, you know, what, what you're trying to do there. Yeah, I think you have to ask yourself, what kind of situation do you think you're going to come across? So do you think you're going to be defending yourself in your home, defending yourself in your car? Do you think it's going to be like an apocalyptic kind of thing and you're going to be on the run? So you want something lightweight, but you want to reach out far. You know, really, you have to ask yourself, what are you going to use? Are you going to be hunting? You know, right. is it just strictly defensive? Are you trying to do a little bit of both? Right. All those questions have to go through your brain. Getting yeah, into see this. That, that, see, the military and the three gun community have kind of done a lot of that homework for us. Mm -hmm. uh, the military uses the forex. They use this exact optic right here. OK, PA so the military right setup is just like what they were like right middle of your road um, for necessities kind of thing. Yeah, they're using a four power, which allows you to be pretty fast up close mm -hmm. and pretty accurate further out. So it's kind of like a, a do-it-all type optic. So this is more of a, a DMR scope that can go into CQB. Um, and then you have, like on this one and a half power, 
Mr. Gun's, uh, Mr. Gun and Gear uh, uh, idea to do this one and a half. He told me, hey, you got to check out this T44. You know, it, it's pretty awesome. At first, I was like, you know, why would you want a one and a half? It's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, It allows you to be very fast up close. It's basically like a red dot. So it's a red dot that doesn't require any batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to where that TA31 is more of a medium range optic that you can CQB with, this thing is a CQB optic that you can medium range with. Does that right. make sense? <laughs> but yeah, right. he does. He does know a lot of what he's talking about here. You know, even though he seems like a very mild mannered, easygoing guy, which he is, right, Mike? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nicest guy you'll meet, but yeah, you know, absolutely. You know. <laughs> and if people don't know out there, that's how you and I met each other. I think uh, Mike connected us to each other. Right, right. Because, you know, I was telling him, listen, you know, I I mean, I'm relatively new to this whole thing. And I was telling him, yeah, I'm trying to figure out this whole optics game. It's crazy and confusing. And people say to you, okay, if you spend a thousand dollars on your rifle, your optic should be two thousand dollars. So I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, and he was Uh, like, talk to Dimitri. He knows a lot about this stuff. He can, you know, help you out and point you in the right direction. Yeah, the the. If, if I were to tell you guys how to set up your rifles, um, let, let's start, let's do an AR-15 and let's do a bolt gun, let's say, or, or let's do 556 uh, 5.56, if you're going to be shooting, you know, up close only, a red dot really is all you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, up close, Rob, like what are we talking, like what, what's, what's a good effective range for a red dot? A hundred yards? About 200. 200, okay. About 200, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob over at AK Operators Union did a great video where uh, he had Ula, his wife Ula, dress up in uh, – uh, she didn't even have camouflage on. It was just like Coyote Brown. Okay. And he started falling back 200 yards, 300 yards. Four. Once he got to about 300 yards, you couldn't see her anymore. Okay. So target detection is very important. Mm-hmm. So once you start going – further out past two you need a magnified optic yeah you need to be able to uh, see more detail right right mm-hmm. especially if you have a camouflage threat that's proned out good luck <laughs> you need that. yeah then you just need to like so, stay out of range <laughs> right yeah. yeah well and that's another thing too a lot of people don't get it's like if a guy has a red dot but i have a magnified optic especially with an auto ranging you know I don't want to keep talking about the ACSS, but it kind of has all the stuff you need in it. It, it, It's why I made it that way. Right. Uh, It allows you to be able to range and engage. And that person might as well not even be holding a gun Mm -hmm. because they won't come close to hitting you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing everything right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we take my, uh, my friend's girlfriends and you know, they've never shot before. And we get them shooting six, seven hundred yards with these things. Yeah. So it, it, it it's very easy to use. I mean, when you shot it for the first time, right? You shot what six hundred yards? I think we did. I think we started at three hundred, and then we pushed back to six hundred. We did four and went to six. Oh, four and six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you were you were destroying that thing. Right. So there, there's so much math you would need to know normally to be able to dial in. That's a lot of, that's another thing too, is people buy these scopes and they're mill based and they have no idea how to use it. Yeah. You have to know, that's the one thing I need to avoid, man. I am not, not trying to do math. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. So, yeah. So. So for for an AR, if you're going to shoot up close, I recommend a red dot. Um, preferably like our MDADS, it's like a single dot. It's got over fifty thousand battery hours. If you can afford a T1 aim point, get that. Yeah. Uh, but the MDADS is pretty good. I mean, you could just basically leave it on. It's fifty thousand hours. Right. Right. Uh, or the or the Halo Sun ACSS. That's 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 where it breaches that uh, CQB point. You can do your CQB, and then as soon as you slap a magnifier behind it, you go into that medium range. Right. Yeah. That's if you want to be more flexible. I'm gonna shameless plug. Check out the RDB with the Halo Sun and the magnifier on it. This one belongs to uh, to Big Daddy of Big Daddy Guns. That's his setup. So I'm it's it's my optics, but I'm introducing him to it because he wanted to know what I thought would be good to put on there. Yeah, that's perfect for it. Yeah. So I thought that would that would make a lot of sense. All right, let's hit let's hit yeah. some questions real quick because there's a bunch of questions coming in that we're not getting to. Uh, someone wants to know what's up with the Creedmoor optic. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh oh. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really talk about it but obviously yeah you know the cat's out of the bag it's there's something coming for creedmoor uh-huh um this thing is pretty this thing is going to be pretty awesome well i mean because go ahead mm -hmm. well it, it will allow you to do what we talked about where you don't have to do any math mm -hmm. and it will have like a like a heads up display to where everything is there for you wow but it will keep the mill system in it. So if you want to run ballistic data and do an exact firing solution, you want to shoot an apple off somebody's head or something, you can dial in your turrets and be able to do that. So how soon are we going to see that? I mean, so, 6.5 Creedmoor is really nice, man. I, I, became a, I became convinced at the last SHOT Show because I was shooting a rifle and putting like every round. It's real flat. I was putting like going through the holes, man, the previous holes. The big advantage to the Creedmoor... Um, let's compare it to 338. 338 is actually, uh, if you look at it, if you, if you look at, at the, the numbers, 338 is superior. Uh, it, it will drift less in wind, blah, 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 all that stuff. The advantage that the 6.5 has over it, when you shoot at 338, it will rock you. You will end up like sideways. Mm-hmm. So on a 6.5, you can shoot and literally spot your round. You could see mm -hmm. your swirl and adjust, and that's very important. It's it's kind of like uh, kind of like nine millimeter or five five six. It's like the most efficient round for that, you know that that application. Uh, 6.5 is is very effective round. Um, it's right in the sweet spot. Right, right. So it, it's it's a good round, definitely. Okay, so since we brought this up, when is it coming out? Uh, we just literally ironed the errors out of the reticle. When we, when I designed these reticles, uh, there's a lot of back-end math, and it gets sent over to the factories, and the factories have to convert it back into their software, and uh, we get their file back and check that file for errors. So mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why our stuff is so accurate, is we go through and... and make sure everything is exact. It's not rounded off. It's not, uh, you know, just stacked. So all the errors and everything have been 100% done and, and that reticle is now confirmed. So I'm, I'm guessing it will be about three or four months before I get a prototype back. 
Okay. And then probably about. Uh, so is it going to be six. ready for Shot Show in January? I don't know. No. Okay. I can't. It's hard to. It's hard to give an ETA for. Yeah. You know because we don't manufacture these things. There's factories that manufacture it for us. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to give an ETA for somebody else. You know, you never know what they're going to do. Yeah. Okay. So look forward to that. Well, we're hoping. Yeah. Um, someone wants to know, do the cantilever mounts come in different heights? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, what he was talking about on that. What cantilever mounts is he talking about? Uh, I'm not sure who's asking that question. I know we got, we got that question from someone before. Um, Lola, do you know who was asking that? So if 803 if, salad shooter. Oh, 803 salad shooter. So 803, if you could, um, so yeah, he's saying that, um, the riser would get in the way of the charging handle. So I guess this, you know, no, no. Oh. he says, um, Oh, here we go. Do they come in different scope heights? I've got the basic mount, but get shadowing when I get a good cheek. Well, the scope is too high in the mount. So he's saying when he gets a good cheek weld, he gets a shadow. He gets the shadowing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what scope he's talking about. If he's talking about any of the prisms, they automatically come at AR-15 height. Okay. So if he's getting one of the regular tubes and he's using the wrong scope rings, mm -hmm. he just needs to get the scope rings. So okay, I'll, let's yeah. see if we'll, I'll, I'll give him a chance to like clarify that for us so we can try to help him out and figure out what's going on. Could it be just the shape of his head? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not trying to insult him. I mean, because sometimes no. it's you know physiology, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it could be like if you look at my face, I have a pretty big round face and, and you know, pretty big cheeks. Yeah, me but too. For me, I don't. I, I don't need that. Uh, you know, I don't need to, to that cheek rest to get high. He can email me at Dimitri at primaryarms.com and I can help him. Yeah, yeah cool. So I don't know if you got that salad shooter, Dimitri at primaryarms.com. Email him. He's a good guy. He'll help you out. He'll figure out what's going on. If we can find out specifically what's going on during this, we'll address it. Okay, let me just go down rapid fire here with some more questions. And then just we're, we're going to take like a little break. We're not going anywhere, but we're going to like hit some other subjects that aren't gun stuff just so we don't drive everyone batshit crazy. <laughs> um, is the 4x14... Um, by 44 millimeter ACSS HUD good out to one mile? No. Well, you would have to dial in your turrets. Okay. And if you're shooting one mile, you're shooting like wow. a, a, 308, a 308 will go subsonic like at 1,200 yards or something. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and that's with a high BC round. So you're, you're not shooting a mile with a 308. Yeah. That's, I mean, the, the bullet will literally, the, the angle of attack will go up and it will, it will literally tumble off and go into just, it, it won't fly straight anymore. Okay, cool. Will there be a 5X prism scope in the future? We have a 5X prism in, in production now. You can get it at primaryarms.com. Okay, cool. Is there any name for that or just look up 5X? If you go to uh, primary arms and type in ACSS, <clears throat> the whole line will pop up. This is it right here, actually. Okay, cool. And which and what is that? Hold on, let me uh, let me lock the screen on you for a second. Okay. So, and what is that? The uh, what's that called? The the five X ACSS. Okay. <clears throat> so there you go. So that's so that's the answer to that question. You have one, right? Do you know what it costs? Uh, I want to say two eighty nine, something like that. 
289. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so let's see what's another one. Is there a 6 to 24 by 50 with ACSS coming soon? No. Okay. Uh, the, the 6 by 24 was a project that we were going <clears> to <throat> bring out. And uh, we have a pretty high standard as far as uh, the quality of the scopes. We want, you know, a, a legit quality optic. Uh, we're moving, you know, as, as I was saying, all our stuff is going lifetime warranty now. Yeah. So th this thing did not hold up. It started to uh, lose zero. It started to travel around. It, uh, no, we're, we're, okay. we, we can't put that out. So, okay, cool. I'm going to do one more and then, and then we're going to talk about some, uh, for a little while, we'll talk about some different stuff, but then I want to come back to the platinum series after we have a little bit of fun. <laughs> um, sure. Is ACSS effective at high magnification? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the magnification, you, you guys will find that uh, once you got you start going into higher magnification, no matter what the optic, I don't care if it's a Schmidt and Bender or whatever, mm -hmm. you'll start to see a lot of mirage and, and it won't be as clear. So typically what guys do, they go into that higher magnification to see that mirage, to see the wind. That's really what you use it for. Uh, mm -hmm. Most shots are taking around 18 to 14 power, even a fixed 10. Some of the longest shots in history have been made with a 10 power. Okay. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you can crank up the six by 30 out to 30 power and, uh, you know, use it. That That's no problem. The, the higher up you crank up a scope, it, it's called your field of view. It gets smaller. Mm -hmm. So as you, as you go to full power, you're like looking through a soda straw. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're in a situation to where you need to see, you know, wide, you need to be at the lower powers. Okay. So, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's talk about some fun stuff. I mean, that's, that is fun to me. It's very interesting. I just want to break it up a little bit here while uh, Lola's getting some, some more questions and things like that coming in. What do you do? I know, I know, I know you do, you shoot to relax. What do you do for fun? You're a family man, right? Yeah, I mean, the the fun days for me are over. Well, you know. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It's not. Why? why? Because the, cause your kids are younger? Life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the kids are, you know, I got younger kids and some are, and some are older. I got four kids going. Mm -hmm. So for me, my day is, you know, hanging out with the kids if I have any free time or taking the wife out to dinner kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I guess probably to, to travel somewhere or, uh, Okay. So all you do is yeah, shoot and like take that. care of the family, huh? Pretty much. That, you know, and all the designing and all the other yeah, stuff. Just so. optics nerdery. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like a big gun nerd. So um, so you, you've got a few younger kids. Did you hear that um, this is, I, I thought this was pretty devastating. Did you hear that Disney fired the voice of Kermit the Frog? Did you hear about this? No, you're kidding. Yeah. Do you? I'm sure you know who Kermit the Frog is. I'm like, you, you, you better know. You've got some daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this, this guy. Yeah. You know, uh, I think Jim Henson was doing Kermit the Frog for a long time, but he died a while back. So the guy who's been doing Kermit the Frog since 1990, they just like fired him, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They just dropped him. So that's like big news. I don't know. I think it's, you know, Hollywood's like that, man. 
Have you ever seen Osimo at Disneyland? Osimo? Um, Osimo. No, what is that? He's like a three-foot robot, and he comes oh. out and like does a runs around and stuff. Yeah, I think I've seen. There's a movie, right? I don't know. I I, I saw him at uh, in Orange County at the Disneyland there, and it scared the crap out of me. I mean, this thing is. Oh wait, is this an actual you know, robot or a dude in a robot suit? No, this is an actual robot that like break dances and runs around and shakes your hand and talks to you. Oh, okay, cool. So how is the how is the uh, the because in uh, in California is Disneyland, right? In in Florida we have Disney World. Is that how it goes? Mm-hmm. I always get confused. So what's the what's the rules over there? Can you carry on that property? Oh no, in California it's. I mean, no. I, I uprooted my whole family and left there because the gun laws are just horrible you know you can't even so they search you and everything when you when you're going in i think you go through metal detectors oh okay okay i mean you know it's different everywhere like in florida they they don't search you but they can search your bag if you have a bag and so if you have a gun in the bag they ask you not to bring it in which is stupid but if you um if you have it on you since they don't search you or put you through a metal detector then you know they obviously don't know about it so the last time I went to Disneyland, right, and took all my kids, mm-hmm. um, I, I got a pretty good deal on eBay and got those like ACU three-day backpacks. Mm-hmm. So I packed up, you know, food and drinks and stuff like that for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, we're, as we're walking up, I can see their security and I can hear the chatters on the radio and they're talking about me. <laughs> okay because <laughs> they, they, they they're like this family's coming bag. in tactical <laughs> right they went through my bag literally oh really you know? okay so, yeah so but, in situations like that what do you do man you just you go there with nothing um like i mean do you edc in that situation what's your regular first of all what's your regular edc that someone wants to know that what's your regular edc what is ADC? EDC, everyday carry. What do you, you know, what do you always oh. have on you? Oh, uh, this, I, I carry a Glock 19. Okay, Glock 19. What kind of holster? Hold that up there. Let's let's take a look at that. What kind of holster is that? Kydex? I don't know. Uh, Robski sent me this. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. just, you know, basic, basic holster. Okay. All right. So Glock 19, that's all you don't, you don't have like a knife, um, any kind of emergency thing, flashlights. Yeah. I carry a, a, an HK knife. Oh. Okay. You know, just your $20 knife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've lost so many spider codes and so much expensive crap to where I was like, ah, oh. you know, I, okay. I went with the, uh, you know, uh, just cheap so that if you lose it, you don't cry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, people, people get carried away with, with knives. If you know, this, this will more than do the job. Trust me. Yeah. I lost, I so, lost a knife the other day that I carried all the time. And, um, from, from Fox, what was it? Fox knives, right? This nice Italian knife that, um, someone gave me, I lost it and I was, I'm so bummed out. I hope that it's in one of, you know, like the car or, Something fell onto something, you know, because you just lose those I, things I was so easy. The other day, because go ahead. I, I was watching uh, you and Mike the other day, mm-hmm. 
you were talking about the Glock 42. Mm-hmm. Carrying a Glock. I bought one from my wife. Mm-hmm. And that thing just fits in your pocket so nice. You know, it, it's so small. Yeah. Yeah, so she has a 42, right? 42, you said? Right, yeah. Okay. So, Wait, um, which one is the 380? The 380 is the 42. I, I started out, yeah, I started out with the 42, which is pretty accurate, yeah. but then I upgraded to the 43 when the nine millimeter came out. And so that's what I carry all the time now. The, uh, the 43, that's usually what I have on me, you know, in my, in my Kydex holster. It's usually what I have like physically on me, you know, and then I always, do you carry a, uh, do you carry a spare magazine? I saw somewhere that people don't carry spare no, magazines. So there you go. See, I no, always carry that, a spare. That's why I carry a Glock 19. Like, <laughs> so you don't listen. Yeah, see, that, that's why I carry a Glock 19. What are you talking about? When I carry a Glock 19, I still carry a spare magazine, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have enough. Yeah, rounds. that's a lot of shooting there, huh? Huh? You can't yeah. have it. You can't have enough rounds. So, um, someone says that you do martial arts. Um, plus, uh, a, I guess this is a gun. What is plus a G19? Oh, plus, yeah, you do martial arts plus a Glock 19, so you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I you can go crazy with, with adding stuff on and stuff. So mm-hmm. for me, just a, a Glock, like, like I watch, uh, what's his name, Nothing Fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up and be like, Where's your flashlight? Where's your, you know, yeah. Nothing fancy has I like carry basically a knife, a Glock 19. Yeah, nothing fancy at any point probably has like 10 guns on him and probably like 20 knives. <laughs> right. You know, he has probably about 15 flashlights. <laughs> you know, he's just like ridiculous. But, you know, I get it. Um, so you don't carry a flashlight then? No flashlight? No flashlight? Uh the flashlight on my phone. Oh, okay. And uh, I know that's kind of a big no-no because your your phone could die, kind of thing. Wow. But yeah. uh, you know, m- most of my stuff is. Uh, so what about what about a a, what about a, check this out? What about a flashlight? Do you know about those? Do you know about the flashlights? The flashlights. No. You know what that is? A flashlight. No. What is okay, that? I'm gonna let no. you Google that one. You never heard of a flashlight? Mm-mm. Okay, all right. We're kind of breaking up. Yeah, I I'm said losing you a little. Oh, you are okay. I, I'm asking you if you ever heard of a flashlight? <laughs> flesh. Like a flash? No, flesh. Like, like flesh. Like skin. You know, like your flesh in your body. You never heard of a flashlight? <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Is that, some, is that something out of strip bar or what? <laughs> uh, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm going to let you Google that later. <laughs> so All right. Your wife's going to be like, wait a second. Why are you yeah. Googling that? <laughs> yeah. no, for a light, I use this uh, like old school M6. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I can take it off the rifle and just put it right on the pistol. Okay. So that's kind of. As carried away as I get with the light. Yeah, it's. I think it's a good thing to have a light, man. You should always have a light on you. You know, it's not. I, I usually typically have like a couple of them, man. You know, so I'll have like I've right now got two lights on me. See, I got that one. There's a light right there. You know, <laughs> and I got one. Look, check this out. This looks like a key ring. Check it. Looks like a key. Boom. 
light. So, you know, you can always have these things on you. It's good to go. Yeah. Good to, you know, good to be prepared. So, so what do you... I have one in the car. You have one in the car? Okay. Okay. Yeah, good. like a flashlight in my car. Right. So what other stuff do you do, man? Uh, do you, you go to the movies? Are you into the movies at all? You know... Yeah, you know, I'll take the wife out to watch a movie, something like that. But So what kind of movies are you going to? Are you going to, like, chick flicks since you're going with the wife? or? Oh, yeah. man. Uh, she'll drag me out. Like, we went and saw Wonder Woman. Okay. All right. That's cool. So, how, how was Wonder Woman? It was all right. You know, it, it was a cool movie. Mm-hmm. And um, then she dragged me out to see uh, of the Caribbean. The new Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> yeah. Was it good? I, I fell asleep like <laughs> I fell asleep like seven times. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised, man. I mean, that's that's kind of getting long in the tooth, the the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh Wonder Woman I wouldn't mind seeing, but I just haven't gone around haven't gone around to seeing it. So Yeah. It's all right. I mean that even that I was like, you know. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, so you're just one of those guys. Those kinds of things just don't hold your attention, right? Yeah, it, it's hard. It's like there's so much crap in my head going on. Mm-hmm. It, it, kind of like you have a, a you know a computer and you got multiple windows. I have like 20 windows open all at once, thinking about all this other crap. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I noticed this. I noticed. And try to yeah, there's a lot of people like that. Okay, we'll get back to optics so that we don't bore you and we don't make you fall asleep. So check this out here. I have this. I think I've shown this on a thing, but it recently came in. This is the one by eight premium, right? And here it goes. Yeah, the plat- yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. What did I say? Premium platinum, the platinum series, right? Very nice. You can tell the difference. I mean, first of all, the box and all that kind of stuff is completely different. You can tell from the finish. We're going to do a video. We're going to throw this on a very nice gun here and test it out. The uh, finish of it is great. The weight and all that kind of stuff. The glass, Japanese glass. Why did you guys decide to go, you know, platinum with the optics? What happened there? Uh, it's just a different level of uh, different price point. Uh, the That optic right there is uh, definitely in a whole different league than other stuff we've done. Right. I mean, we're looking at the same factory. Though. It's the same factory. Same factory as like Leupold and Trijicon and all these big names use. We, we use the same factory. Right. So it's all. So this is all because this is this says made in Japan on the box. Right. So here here's the thing with the made in Japan stuff. Uh, there's a lot of companies that will have a few components made in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll uh, assemble them uh, somewhere else, and it will say <clears throat> it will say made in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, those scopes there are 100% made in Japan. Every everything in it. Okay. So it's. Uh, I mean, the glass on that thing is clearer than the than the ACOG I have here. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, you know, now we're looking. This is a completely different price category. This is close to 1,300 bucks, right? Right. Yeah. And what's crazy, people will complain, I'll go, oh, man, that's a lot of money. The exact same optic through Leupold is like four grand. Wow. Okay. Literally yeah. the same one. So So you're still getting a good value. So is this the only one oh, that's yeah. out? Do you guys have like a one to six? I think someone was asking if there's going to be a one to six or if you have one. Uh, 
there there are stuff in the works that's going to come into um, not only the uh, platinum or the the high end side, but more into the medium range too. You know that medium price point where you're you're not at budget and you're not at thirteen hundred bucks. So okay, there, there's there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to come. Okay, so but right now this is the only one in the line. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when when can we look forward to seeing these other things coming out? Uh, it should be about you know next year sometime. I'm thinking. Okay. Stuff will start trickling it, trickling in. Okay. You know, I wanted to cut like one of the uh, one of the optics that I really like is the 22. Man, um, I don't know if you have you guys had this out for a while. What is that? This is the this is the 22, the ACSS. I'm sorry, that's not this one. I picked up the wrong one. <laughs> you, this one is the 22. Oh, the six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that so, thing is fun. Yeah, so it's the 6X, um, the 22, and, uh, you know, you can use this for – this is for, like, small game, right? Squirrels. Yeah. The the same technology that you find in our uh, our, our ACOG or, you know, the, the, the Trigicon ACOGs and our, our budget one-by-sixes and the Platinum one-by – same technology mm-hmm. of uh, pre-milling a, a known – target size has been used on that scope there but instead of range estimating a, a guy's center mass or full height it's uh range estimating clay pigeons right and like uh, a, beer bottles right exactly so it's good for pests and stuff like that so you you combine you combine this with something suppressed man this is like a good oh yeah pestilence killer right yeah those are those are only 119 bucks so if you're looking for a 22 optic you guys, you're, you're not going to find a more accurate uh, system than a laser etched. A laser is going to be far more accurate than any kind of uh, gears. Even the high-end, you know, multi-thousand dollar European uh, gears are not going to track as good as a laser. Oh, okay. So the, the, the laser etching on those is, you're going to be right on. Okay. So for a 22. So is that just good with 22 or 22 Magnum? Or you just suggest just no, 22? No. No, it won't line up with 22 Magnum. You'll start shooting high. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's set for a 22 LR of like a 40 grain. Uh, 36 grain will match as well. Uh, the air the between 40 and 36 is so small that, let's say, at 200 yards, you're only a couple inches low. Well, your cone of fire of a 22 is actually going to be pretty big. Okay. J- just from the wind and just the way the 22 projects out. The standard deviation of a 22 is not going to be very exact. So whether you're you're shooting 36 or 40 grain, you you won't notice it. It, it will be right on where the marks are. Okay, cool. Someone wants to know. I guess this is in the uh, fun category. Someone wants to know how you pronounce uh, Draco. You know, you ever heard of the AK pistol Draco? Do you say Draco or Draco? Draco. Draco. Okay. You're a big AK guy, right? You like AKs? Uh, no, I, I like AKs. Um, well, you got to be careful with AKs. Uh, I've broken about seven AKs, and people go, "How is that possible?" Well, you you start buying U.S. made AKs, and you're gonna you're gonna see how it's possible. Okay. Um, there, there's only very few people that know how to build an AK right. So you're not a fan yeah. of the U.S. made AK? No. Okay. Well, I, I don't know I, the ones I've experienced. I can't speak mm-hmm. for all of them. I'm mm-hmm. sure there, you know, there might be one that's great, but the the stuff that I, uh, 
it, it was during when Obama was about to ban everything and everybody went crazy and just started making AKs out of their backyard. I ended up with some crap. Mm-hmm. So the only the only AK I can recommend to you guys is uh, Saigas, okay, which, which you can't import them. Uh, Vepers, which you can't import them. Um, mm-hmm. And Ars- yeah. So and basically, Ars- you would have had to have gotten your AK a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So right. But you know, it, it, I've had Wazers that have ran fine. It, it doesn't matter. You, you got to get a gun that runs good, no matter what brand it is. If it runs good, you got lucky. If it runs bad, then, you know. Yeah. So you're definitely AR over AK, right? Uh, yes and no. It depends. Um, if, let's say, I was going to be out in the middle of nowhere for the rest of my life with no uh, gun oil, no cleaning patches, no nothing, you know, I, I would probably take one of my Saigas. Uh, if, if I was going to go into... Uh, you know, where I had to shoot multiple targets, unknown distance, and, and kind of run like a, like offensive. I would take an AR over an AK. Okay. Uh, and, and mainly because most, uh, you know, with it, with an AR, you got match grade ammunition. Mm-hmm. To where with AKs, you're stuck with like seven and six or seven six two by thirty nine. The velocities and standard deviations on those is just horrible. It's not accurate. Right. So, so what do you think? Like if, if, um, if you're recommending someone put an optic, someone's getting an optic for an AK, what would you recommend? Well, I would recommend what I run. I I run the, uh, ACSS micro dots from uh, halo sun on a, uh, on an Ultimac. And, uh, you know, people can fry stuff on Ultimacs. You, you run 30, 40 mags through an Ultimac. You could probably fry an optic, even a T1. Mm -hmm. But realistically, for me, I'm only carrying like six mags. You guys, your your gear and your pack should be mainly filled with water, water, and uh, ammo. It, it this thing where uh, you know people go crazy and they're they're carrying like 30, 40 mags. You're not going anywhere. You put plates on and and in your pack and your sleeping stuff. You know, put all that put all that stuff on and run around and 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 see what it feels like, and you'll end up figuring out ways to cut weight. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. Another another optic that's really good is our 3X Prism uh, for an AK. It's, if I can show you guys on this one, okay. the, this rail right here, this whole bottom comes off. And if like, say you're using an RS mount, the whole thing will sit super duper low. Uh, I, again, Robert over at AK Operators Union has a lot of video on all that stuff. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You, I think if you're getting an AK, you really want to get something that you can mount to. That's the biggest problem. I find something that has one of those side mounting. Um, he has the ability to side mount to be better. I don't know what you think. Uh, with that, you got to be careful, too, because some side mounts, each AK is different. It's not like a, like an AR where you can uh, literally you know, put your upper to your lower and clip them together and use it. AKs are all different. They're all different measurements on that rail. Mm-hmm. So you could possibly run into an AK that doesn't like that rail you just put on it. So make sure that you test this stuff. Make sure that it holds zero. Make sure that your mount is compatible. Uh, you know, if people like the, you like that side rail, then, then use that. It, I feel like it adds a lot of weight. That's, that's one thing. 
Um, I'm more of an AK-74 guy than than AK-47. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, me as well. It's just not super easy to get the ammo. I don't know how it is out your way. Um, the ammo to get you guys on that, if you can get some Golden Tiger, that should be your, your go-to ammo because it's lacquered and it's sealed. Okay. Uh, so if you drop that ammo out in the field and found it a year later, it's good to go. Okay. It's, Golden it's, Tiger. Yeah, to where like other stuff that just has like a metal casing, uh, you come back the next year and find that stuff, it's gonna be all rusted the hell out. Uh, and people go, well, why would I be out? And you know, if you're if you're in a situation where you're camping and living outside now, that moisture and stuff is gonna get into everything. Mm-hmm. So, again, look at what the Russian military are doing. Um, seven and six is in my humble opinion one of the worst ammos you can get for a go-to rifle and people will say oh you know you're crazy if you're just shooting seven and six for like home defense that's fine but if you're out in the field and you're shooting seven and six and you don't clean your gun within an hour or two it's gonna rust and pit everything i mean i destroyed a, a great ak okay so imagine imagine living outside and camping and you're using seven and six it would just tear up your gun Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So listen, I'm going to, um, you know, I, I don't want to keep you. I know we've been going for a while. Is there anything that you want folks out there to know before we, uh, before we end it? Any places you want to send folks to if they've got more questions or want to find out stuff from you? Uh, if you go to primaryarms.com and search ACSS, you know, all the optics will pop up. Um, you're on Instagram and Facebook, right? As well as YouTube. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, you can reach out to me at DemetriaPrimaryArms.com if you have any questions or anything. Right. You answer all the questions that come through Instagram and Facebook and even on the YouTube side. Right. I, I try to. I try to get to it all. You know, there's a lot of stuff that comes in. So, yeah, I, I try to on. So especially if it's like a, a Marine or Army, or, I, will, I will go out of my way to answer those. Okay. Um, some of the questions that come in are just crazy, so I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm sure you get your fair share of trolling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know what? Here's, here's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I'll point people to all those things. You're pretty prolific on the social media, which is a good thing. I think it's a good way for people to get in touch with you. <laughs> And then um, before we head out here, I want to thank everyone for watching. I want to thank all the people who sponsor the channel. So that would be Rand CLP, Andrew's Custom Leather, um, Safety Harbor Firearms, as well as Big Daddy Guns, which were in their studio right here. Looks like Babyface just came in here and snuck up on me. So I want to thank those guys. And especially I want to thank everyone that sponsors us on Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon, it's Patreon slash Hank Strange. Um, thanks to everyone that's looking out for us on there and um, we will see you next week. We're going to take the weekend off here and get, get some videos done, post up some videos. I think tomorrow I've got a behind the scenes video of the guys from 904 shooting 50 BMG on the Hacienda. So I'll look forward to that should be coming up tomorrow. Thanks again, guys for watching. Peace.